Welcome to Management 101, your home for learning about management and leadership in business. Now, here is your host, Max Winokur. Hello, and welcome back to Management 101, entering 2024, coming in hot. First episode of the year. Thank you so much for joining me. Hope you had an awesome new year, though I know, according to Larry David, you are not allowed to say Happy New Year at this point. We're about two weeks too late. Doesn't mean we can't get into some awesome management topics, though. Today's topic is going to be how to use performance metrics, KPIs, and goals. I'm going to talk through what are performance metrics and KPIs. Those are not well understood terms in all areas of business. And talk through what is the use of a goal versus a KPI. By the way, I will also explain the term KPI. So hold on to your seats for that acronym's definition later. We're going to talk through how to set goals effectively and also a little bit of how not to use goals, something I'm pretty passionate To start more broadly, the only way to really run a business effectively is to understand its performance through its numbers. You as the owner of the business or the founder of the business probably understand the top line metric, whether it's revenue or profitability or number of customers, something like that. We would call that a performance metric. What is the number that tells you the health of your business? A KPI is another way of describing that metric, a key performance indicator. Oftentimes, companies will use a number of different metrics to measure the health of the business. Maybe that top line number is revenue or profit that's being created for the company. But underneath revenue or profit or whatever that most important number is are a number of other metrics that are really important that make up the performance of the business. Let's start with revenue as an example. The end number is revenue, but that starts much earlier on with sales funnel numbers. How many customers have visited the website? How many customers have stated interest in the product? How many customers have you spoken with? What percent of those customers are converting to sales? Those could all be KPIs or key performance indicators that make up the overall health of the business. For example, maybe your revenue is a million dollars a year or $10 million a year. Typically that comes from $50 million a year in potential sales and you convert 20% of that. Now you probably want to be keeping track of that 20% number because you're targeting having $50 million every year in potential business to make sure that you end up with $10 million a year in actual revenue. But if that 20% number, that conversion rate from uh, potential leads or leads to sales dips, then that $50 million a year that you're starting with as leads will not turn into $10 million a year in revenue. So one of the key performance indicators for your business might be conversion rate from lead to sales. If you can improve that number from 20% to to 30%, let's say, then that $50 million a year that you've historically gotten in leads will turn into more than $10 million a year in revenue for the business. That KPI, that key performance indicator will help you understand what are the levers that you can pull to make your business's performance better. 
On the profitability side, there are a lot of KPIs that go into that. As you might imagine, from revenue to profitability, there are a number of steps that you need to go through. Every dollar that comes in, there's a cost of acquiring that dollar. There is a marketing cost. What did you pay to advertise your business, to build your brand, to reach out to existing and new customers? There's also servicing costs. You might have a customer support person or a customer support team, some sort of operation function. There might be a team that is needed to actually deliver the product or service and they cost money. They have salaries, they have benefits. So you wouldn't necessarily just be tracking what's your overall profitability of the business. Some of your KPIs might involve some of the metrics that ultimately lead to profitability. If you are pretty consistently spending 20% of your revenue on marketing dollars, that's probably a metric you'd want to track pretty closely such that you don't start spending too aggressively or a lot less without realizing it. It will help you be more intentional about your marketing dollars. But if you're tracking your marketing spend as a percent of revenue, which might be a company KPI, if you increase your marketing spend by 10%, what does that turn into in overall revenue? If you can spend more money on marketing, but bring in even more money to the business, that might be a worthwhile thing to try. The only way to know how that will go is by tracking that marketing spend as a KPI, monitoring it and seeing, okay, when I bump this up, when I pull this lever of marketing dollars, what does it spit out in revenue or profitability? That's why performance metrics and KPIs tend to be important. It is really hard to improve what you cannot measure other than profit, which is usually the overriding goal of a business, at least in the long term. KPIs and performance metrics more generally help you know how well your company is performing. Do you know beyond profit or revenue the health of your overall company? Do you know how specific teams are performing? Do you know how specific individuals are performing? KPIs can help you understand. For example, the one we just gave, the marketing team, they're given a marketing budget. You want to see how that marketing budget turns into profit or revenue. That might be a KPI that you track with your marketing team to ensure that they are delivering what they committed to and you can understand the performance uh, of that team. KPIs can also be tracked at the individual level. As an example, when I was working at Uber, we had teams that covered each country or each city. The manager of that city or country was assigned a KPI. One of the big ones that they were assigned was a number of trips or number of rides being taken in their city or country. Their performance was measured based on how well that metric was doing. Was it increasing from month to month? Was it increasing at the same rate as other countries or cities? Was it increasing or decreasing compared to goals that had been set? That KPI was used to hold that individual country or city manager accountable and was used to track their performance. It was used 
on a regular basis to check in with them to understand the health of their market or their operation. We talked a little bit about KPIs. I'm going to go a layer deeper here and talk about how they're utilized throughout a company. I said before, you can use them to measure a company's overall health or performance. You can use them to measure a team's overall health or performance. You can also use them to measure a individual's overall performance and capabilities. KPIs are typically metrics that are set every year for many businesses. The reason that's done is because oftentimes the health of a business can't be dramatically impacted in a super short period of time. The bigger the business, the slower the change that will need to happen in order to improve the business's performance. So you want to set KPIs or track the numbers that you are hoping to improve or hold steady over the course of a relatively long period of time that enables your team to spend the time to do the work necessary to impact those KPIs. It would be more problematic if a KPI were reset every month. If you said, well, this month I care about profitability, next month I care about revenue, the following month I care about marketing spend. If you are switching between those metrics regularly, it will cause problems for your teams because they will be constantly shifting what they're focused. So the the KPIs that you decide are the relevant ones for your business should be ones that you believe you will care about and you believe are relevant to the company's overall health and performance over a longer period of time. Back in the day at Uber, we talked about trips as the main metric that was the overall health of the business. And the reason that we cared about trips was because it indicated a few different things that we also measured that were KPIs. Trips was an indicator of the number of riders using the platform. It was also somewhat of an indicator of the number of drivers using the platform. It uh, was a really good indicator of the growth or a reduction in size of a given city or territory. Trips became this good number for us to look at to say, here's how this city is performing. It was also a really good metric to substitute for looking at revenue, which we had a little bit less control over. You can incentivize riders and drivers to use the, the platform, but how long a trip is, for example, how much revenue an individual city takes in, that's not quite as in an individual's control. Sometimes rides will be longer. Sometimes rides will be shorter. There's a lot less influence that a team will have over that. But a team definitely has the ability to ensure that drivers are in certain places at certain times and therefore ensure that the average ETA or the time between when I order a car and when I get a car is as low as possible, that the difference between what the rider pays and what the driver pays is acceptable amount to Uber such that the business is viable. So trips became the KPI that we measured over time for the first three or four years that I was at Uber when I was working in the rides side of the business. Trips was always a metric that we looked at. It was always one of the KPIs for the ride side. That really helped us align our work towards specific goals. For example, there is a difference between looking at trips and looking at the profit of a trip or the overall profitability of a market. The fact that trips were so focused on meant that instead of prioritizing something like 
how do we reduce our expenses down to the bone? We were instead focused on how do we make sure that we are increasing the number of drivers and riders on the Uber platform so that we can get more trips. What you can see is that by defining a key performance indicator or KPI and focusing on it for an extended period of time, you are making your organization prioritize what it does in a certain direction because the KPI, if it is tracked correctly and communicated correctly, will mean that I should be doing some things and not others. So those KPIs are not only used to measure a business's performance, they're also used to set the appropriate priorities for any given team and any given function. In a now, I said that some of this episode would be talking about goals, and I haven't discussed those at all yet. What is the difference between a KPI or a key performance indicator and a goal? To me, a KPI is just a measure. It says, this is a specific metric or number that I want to look at. The example I gave earlier was trips. The example in my own business is number of leads, the number of new companies that I'm talking to that are potentially interested in work. I'm constantly tracking how many leads I have in my business because I know that a certain number of leads lead to a certain number of contracts signed in business for my company. You have this KPI and I'm not saying the number of leads is good or bad. It's just a number I'm tracking. When I set a goal, I'm saying, what do I want this number to actually be? The KPI is just the measurement of the metric. It's just saying, I am going to look at leads because I think it's an important number for my business. Sales leads are important. Setting a goal says, I want 10 sales leads per month or per year or whatever it is. But taking that important number and putting a target behind it, a goal says, here is where I actually want to get to with this KPI. The combo of those two things really helps me set my own priorities. Let's say that my current sales leads are 10 per month. I'm generating 10 interested companies for my services every month. That's the KPI. That's a metric that's important to my business. Now, let's say that I have a goal. I set a goal of 10 sales leads per month. Well, I'm already getting 10 sales leads per month. If my goal is also 10 sales leads per month, then I'm not going to prioritize doing any more work to get more leads. I've already achieved my goal and therefore I can prioritize other areas of the business. If it's not going to be leads, then maybe it's going to be retention. I want to extend the amount of time that I typically work with a given company. Maybe it's going to be profitability. I should be focusing on reducing my expenses so that for every unit of revenue I bring in, every dollar, I'm spending less to service that dollar. Maybe today I spend $1,000 a month on web expenses or software that I use with my companies. If I am not focused on generating more leads because I've achieved that goal, then I can focus on reducing those costs in some way, getting more efficient. Let's take an alternative scenario. I'm currently at 10 sales leads per month. 
And I've set a goal for my company of getting 20 sales leads per month. I want to double the size of my sales funnel. If today I'm at 10 and tomorrow or six months from now, I want to be at 20, that's going to cause me to set my priorities and take different actions. If I need to double the size of my sales funnel, that means that whatever I'm doing today isn't enough. I need to do additional things or different things in order to get more leads into my sales funnel. By setting a goal along with having the number that I'm trying to track, I am forcing myself to prioritize specific activities and deprioritize others. This is what companies do between KPIs and goals is they say, here are the numbers that we care about. And here's where these numbers need to be. Here's where we want them to be in six months, 12 months. And the combo of those two things allows you and your teams to then take the appropriate actions to achieve those goals. I want to be clear that I think the combo of these two things is really important. Setting a goal for something that's not an important metric doesn't seem like the best idea. If I say that my KPIs are sales leads and profitability or operating margin, and then I set a goal related to something completely irrelevant, like number of coffees I drink every day. Well, I can definitely achieve that goal. If I say I want to drink three coffees a day, I, I, I can go do that, but it's not going to be at all useful to my business. Just setting a goal in and of itself, while it might seem obvious, is not necessarily a useful activity. When I marry it with a KPI, which is this is a number that my business actually cares about and I want to track, that is when goals become useful. I start with what are the numbers that are important to my business, operating margin and sales leads. Great. I'm going to set goals related to those two. So I'm going to say, I want to achieve an 80% operating margin this year. And I'm at 70 now, and I want to achieve 15 sales leads per month. And I'm at 10 now. Great. Now I am clear on what I need to prioritize and I can then decide the activities I'm going to, to get there. Goals in and of themselves are only useful insofar as they're set in a particular way. If I told you a goal was just drink more coffee or get more sales leads, that technically is a goal. I want to get more sales leads. So if it's more than I have today, I've achieved goal. The uh, problem with that is I'm not setting a specific target behind it. I also haven't said when I want to achieve that. There are a few things that are really important to the goal setting process that make a goal one that is useful or one that is not useful. One of the more common pitfalls I see business owners and founders fall into is they set goals that are not achievable. They say, I want to triple my revenue in the next two months. They don't have more team members than they did before. They have a lot of headwinds to their business. It's just not possible. If I say I want to drink 50 coffees a day, I might die trying, but let's just say that's not an achievable goal. By setting that goal where it is, if I say I want to drink 50 coffees a day, that more or less turns me off to trying to achieve that goal. Be like saying tomorrow I want to run 50 miles. In the last year, I have not run 50 miles in total. So the idea that I might run 50 miles tomorrow seems pretty far-fetched. I'm therefore probably not even going to try and therefore I will have not achieved my goal. 
business owners and founders tend to have rose-colored glasses or be unrealistic at times when it comes to figuring out what their business is capable of. And this is probably the area I see them find the biggest challenge and where they inadvertently make their teams demoralized or not correctly focused. Now, let's say tomorrow I set a goal of running half a mile instead of 50 miles. When I set the goal of running 50 miles, I just said, you know what? I'm not going to achieve it. I'm not even going to try. Now, half a mile, it's like, what, seven to 10 minutes of running? Oh, no, a lot less than that. That's three to five minutes of running at my speed. That seems potentially doable. I haven't run in a little while, more of a resistance training guy myself, but half a mile seems doable. I'll try it. By setting an achievable goal for myself, I went from not trying something at all to being willing to attempt. So achievability is a really important function of proper goal set. There is a framework. I'm a big fan of this framework myself. It's very easy to remember because it has an easy to remember acronym. And I love using this framework to set goals. Any given goal to, in order to be effective, needs to have five characteristics and those characteristics when spelled out spell the word smart s-m-a-r-t so a goal needs to be specific i am trying to achieve a specific thing i'm not just saying i'd like to be more energetic i'm saying i'd like to specifically focus on my coffee intake it also needs to be measurable i'm not saying I simply want to increase my coffee intake. I'm saying I want to drink three cups of coffee per day. I want to run half a mile tomorrow. I want to achieve 20 sales leads per month. It also needs to be A, achievable. It can't be a crazy goal that isn't possible because then it won't be a useful goal. I will focus my brain space activities elsewhere. So it's not, I will run 50 miles tomorrow. It's, I will run half a mile tomorrow. It's not, I will get a thousand sales leads next month. It's, I will grow to 20 sales leads. It also needs to be R, relevant. Like I said before, if I uh, care about the success of my business and focused on my KPIs, that's great. But if I set a goal that's related to my coffee intake, it's very disconnected from the health of my business and therefore is not a relevant goal. So a goal not only needs to be specific, measurable, and achievable, it also needs to be relevant to whatever focus you have. And then the last one is T, time-bound. You can't simply say, I want to get to 20 sales leads per month. A better goal would be to say, I want to get to 20 sales leads per month by six months from now. You make it time-bound, you express its urgency, and therefore force your team to prioritize accordingly. If we have a super long-term goal, I want to double the number of sales leads I have by five years from now. I'm not going to focus on that today, probably. But if I say I want to get there within six months, well, I better get moving. The time-bound nature of it is really important. And certainly when you think about it in the sense of putting no time limit on it versus putting a specific target time on it, that makes a really big difference. Just to review those again, goals need to be smart, specific, 
measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. And I definitely will not take credit for that, that say well-known business framework for goals, but I think it is incredibly relevant. It's very rememberable. That's not a word. It's easy to remember and it is very impactful to your goal setting experience. To me, there are two types of goals. So yes, goals need to be smart, but goals can either be quantitative in nature or qualitative. A quantitative goal is something that can be measured through numerical data. A quantitative goal might be Uber. We looked at a number that was essentially what percent of all the requests that were made for rides actually turned into rides being taken. We called it completed to request. That is a quantitative number. I can look at data and see that we achieved a certain percent of all of our requests that turn into rides. Another example number of sales leads. I can measure how many sales leads I get. If I say I want to achieve 20 per month, I know exactly how many I'm getting per month because I can look at the data. A qualitative metric is when it's based on not numerical data, but a personal account instead of a number. So a qualitative metric might be, did we go through all the steps of this process? I want to have achieved 100% compliance with the process I designed. It's a qualitative metric because you have to go look at each piece of that process. You can't just check some database and measure this. Another commonly used qualitative metric is customer satisfaction. I can't go into some database and say, I know how many customers are satisfied. They have to ask the customer. So customer satisfaction tends to be a qualitative metric. One is not better than the other. Quantitative metrics and qualitative metrics or goals both have place. Quantitative metrics tend to be more directly tied to the success of the business, revenue, operating profit, things like that. Those are quantitative metrics and of course, literally describe the health of the business. Qualitative metrics like customer satisfaction might be leading indicators of future health of the business. If I have a very profitable business that's achieving its financial targets, but customer satisfaction has dipped from 85%, 40%, it's possible that those quantitative metrics of revenue or customer retention might change in the future. Most businesses, in my experience, have a combination of quantitative and qualitative metrics that they use to set their goals. I think that combination makes a lot of sense. There are very few companies that should just focus on quantitative metrics. And I think there are zero companies that should just focus on qualitative metrics. The last topic I'll talk about related to performance metrics and KPIs and goals. I could literally talk for hours about this, and there are a lot of opinions on how to most effectively use KPIs. Actually, you know what? I'm going to add one more topic afterward, but let me start with this one. I think that there is a very specific way to use goals. And I think maybe even more importantly, there is a way not to use goals. This is a little bit of a controversial opinion on my part related to goals, but hear me out. To me, generally, goals are completely arbitrary. When I say I want to increase the number of sales leads from 10 to 20 per month, what is making me say that that's possible? I'm just guessing. I just set a goal. Maybe I looked at some market research, some competitors of mine and think that it's possible. 
but it's not definite. It's a goal. It's a hope in some ways. This is true of a business of any size. We saw this regularly at Uber. We'd say, we want weekly trips in the city of Baltimore to be 10% more next month or next year. It's not like there are a bunch of other Uber type of businesses in the Baltimore market that we could say, oh, it's pretty reasonable to assume based on their growth trajectories that we could achieve this. It was somewhat arbitrary. That's okay. It's not like we have a better way of going about it. There's only so much information you can gather in order to set goals. I think it's really important to keep in mind that goals by their nature are arbitrary. There is no proof you can definitely hit a goal and you can't predict. Sure. So to me, goals are best utilized not to measure an individual's performance or a team's performance, but rather they should be used to allocate resources. They should help you as a business leader, as a team leader, prioritize what to focus on and what not to focus on. If I have a goal in this area and I don't have a goal in that area, I probably shouldn't be allocating resources towards that area. I should be allocating resources towards this area. But when a team does not achieve a goal, it's not necessarily because they did something wrong. You might look at all of their work and say, this is exactly what I would have done, or this went well above and beyond what I even would have thought to try. But that doesn't mean that 100% of the time it's going to work out that they're going to achieve your arbitrarily decided on goal. So to me, I don't like to look at at goal-related outcomes as a measure of an individual's performance. Certainly, it, it can be correlated if an individual is consistently not achieving their goals and others are achieving their goals on the same metric. That's one thing. But generally, because goals are arbitrary, I like to use them just to set our focus areas set the target, say, here's where we want to get to now prioritize accordingly. And then I more measure performance of an individual or a team based on how they went about trying to achieve goal. Because to me, what's in their control is not the outcome, but rather the process by which they try to achieve that outcome. In any given situation, I could try the same thing 10 times and it'll only work out eight times. Those other two times, don't mean I went through the wrong process. It just means that very few processes guarantee outcomes. So when I look at an individual's performance, I put a lower weight on specifically whether they achieved the goal and a greater weight on the process they went through there. That to me is what's in their control and therefore the true measure. The last topic I'll talk about is there's an aspect of KPIs and goals, which is how you track and communicate them. There's a version of this, which is you meet as a leadership team of your company. You say, these are the KPIs for this year. We're going to tell everyone about them and best of luck. A lot of companies do that. And that's not because anyone's doing something actively wrong. They just don't realize that when people don't have these numbers top of mind, they tend to forget about them over time. They will not be tracking them as closely as you will They won't care about them as much as you will because you are more senior. You might be the founder or owner of the company. You'll always place greater importance on these numbers than any random employee. The key to good KPI communication and tracking 
good goal communication and tracking is having it be front and center regularly for your teams. If the whole company needs to be focused on increasing sales or profitability, that's a number that should be shown to everyone in the company on a weekly or monthly basis. Keep it top of mind. Let them know how the company is performing. Let them know how close or far you are from the goal. If a team keeps that goal in mind because you're communicating it with them regularly, either through a team meeting or an email or a message of some sort, they're much more likely to continue pushing to achieve that goal, to continue prioritizing effectively in the face of changing environment in the business world that they are operating in, to continue prioritizing the right things to ensure that the goal is achieved or you get as close as you can. Make sure you are over communicating these metrics rather than just saying, oh, I think they remember that and I'll let them be and do their thing. That's all I got for today. Hope you found it useful. Would love your thoughts on KPIs and goals. There's a lot of great approaches out there and mine is one of many. So if you have some thoughts you'd like to share, I would certainly appreciate it. Talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Management 101. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to subscribe and leave a comment or a review. That helps others find the show and we greatly appreciate it. Once again, thanks for tuning in to Management 101 and we'll catch you in the next episode.